Tonight's the last night of Hanukkah, 5782, and I thought it'd be a good time just to go through some short thoughts about Hanukkah, something nice to take away from the Chag. Um, so they, these are all going to come from a book called The Book of Our Heritage, The Jewish Year and Its Days of Significance by Rabbi Eliyahu Kitov, um, published by Feldheim. And to jump straight in, we're going to speak about what actually was Hanukkah, what was the historical setting, and what was the spiritual ramifications of it. So it was in the Second Temple period, and the Jewish people were under Greek-Syrian rule. And the Greeks, um, the oppression of the Greeks was unlike other kingdoms, in the sense that the Greeks were not interested in killing Jewish people. But what the Greeks did want to do is that they wanted to spread their Greek culture to the rest of the world. Uh, they saw the Jews as these from primitive people, and they wanted to liberate Israel from their primitive beliefs. And they thought they were, that the, the Greeks thought that they were actually giving the Jews a better culture, a better language, and better wisdom and knowledge. And many other nations living under Greek rule willingly accepted Greek culture, and they felt illuminated by it, because they, as today, people feel that the secular world is a brighter world than the religious world. And that's what the Greeks were showing people. And the danger of the Greeks was that they sought to teach the Jewish people um, three things. They wanted the Jewish people to believe, like they did, in the reality of man's prowess, meaning man is the ruler, in the beauty of man's taste, and in the reliability of man's intellect. And that was the dangerous third one. Um, and they wanted the Jewish people who believed in a God who speaks to man and demands that he follows his laws and, and serves him be abandoned. And the Kwanim um, saw Greek culture as a source of impurity and the worst form of idol worship because all idol worship is a problem. But the problem with the Greeks was that they made man himself into a god and they um, made him use all of his abilities to serve himself. And this is the worst form of, um, of idolatry because when stone or wood is used as idols, they don't cause any more harm than their worshippers for they have no spirit. But when man becomes a god and serves himself, when people begin to believe in man's power and man's taste and man's beauty and man's reliability of his intellect, then the damage that can result is limitless. And this is what the Jewish people fought against. So that was a quick introduction. And now we're going to turn to the eighth day of Hanukkah, which is called in the Torah or in, in Jewish sources, Zois Hanukkah. And that word comes from the Torah, from the Chumash in the in the book of Exodus, um, when the Mishkan was being created, when the tabernacle was being created, um, sorry, um, in the book of Numbers, in Bamidbar, chapter 7, um, and when the altar of the tabernacle was dedicated, it said, Zois Chanukas Hamizbeach, and this happened um and, and this is the Torah portion that we read on this day. And uh, we know that Shmini Atzeres is the last Chag after seven days of Sukkot. Um, and then the eighth day of Hanukkah after seven other days links up to this concept of Shmini Atzeres. Because just like Shmini Atzeres contains the essence of all the festivals that preceded it, like Yom Kippur, Sukkot, all of that. So, so too does the last day of Hanukkah, this day we're going into now, Zoy's Hanukkah, contain all the aspects of happiness, salvation, 
praise, thanksgiving um, of the previous days. So I think that this is very interesting. Um, and here are some hints to Hanukkah in the Chumash, in the Torah, and the five books of Moshe, because we know that Hanukkah is a rabbinic Chag, made by the rabbis, just like Purim was. Whereas all other Chagim, Pesach, Shavuot, Sukkot, Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, are all in the Torah. Purim and Hanukkah are not. However, it is definitely hinted to, um, uh, it is hinted to in the Chumash. So, um, it says over here, so in Parshas Emor, in the Torah, uh, the parasha is speaking about all the special days of the year. It says Shabbos, Pesach, Shavuot, Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, and Sukkot. And then immediately after finishing Sukkot, it talks about a mitzvah to maintain an eternal light in the temple. And the question is, why are the two subjects juxtaposed? So it would seem that the Torah is alluding to a time when the lighting of an eternal light will also be celebrated in a festival after Sukkot. So now the Ramban... Um, in his uh, in his commentary to the parsha, uh, says that he saw, saw the following. Um, he said he saw in a midrash. I found the following statement: that when the twelve, twelve tribes had each brought the offerings for the consecration of the altar, for the dedication of the altar, and the tribe of Levi, the Leviim, had not been included, God said to Moshe, "Speak to Aaron and tell him that one day there will be another Hanukkah, another consecration. Hanukkah means consecration." which will be accompanied by the lighting of lights. And I'll bring it about through your sons, miracles, salvations, dedication, which will be known by the name, the Hanukkah of the Chashmonaim. This is the reason why the account of lighting the menorah is found next to the account of offerings of the tribes, because when the Mishkan was dedicated, all the tribes brought offerings to inaugurate the Mishkan. And immediately afterwards, it tells Aaron, to, who was a Levi, to go and light the menorah. And so we see that after it's been dedicated, there's a lighting. Um, so uh, it says also that the word Bereshis, so it, uh, if you count from the first word of the Torah, which is the word Bereshis, right, in the beginning, to the 25th letter, sorry, the 25th word of the Torah. So you start at Bereshis, the first word of the Torah, and you count to the 25th word of the Torah, the 25th word is Lat. And that's a hint to the art of Hanukkah, which is on the 25th day of Kislev. That's a small one. Um, another hint is when the Jewish people were camping, when they were wandering in the desert for those 40 years, uh, and the, so they rested at different camps on their way, the 25th camp that they stayed at was Chashmoina, which is the same name as the family who led the rebellion against the Greeks, the Chashmonaim, the Hasmoneans who also rested on the 25th day. So they both camped on the same day. Um, there's another Midrash brought by the Ramban that he says this, God said to Moshe, go and tell Aaron, don't be scared. You are destined for something greater than the offerings brought by the Nasim. Sacrifices are brought only as long as the basin Mikdash stands, but the light shall be lit forever and all the blessings which I've given you so that you might bless my children shall never be nullified. So what happened was, um, all of the tribal leaders brought offerings when the Mishkan was inaugurated and first built, except the tribe of Levi. Aaron's tribe didn't bring anything, and Aaron was scared. He was worried as to why his tribe was left out. And God tells Aaron, don't be scared. You're going to do something, which is light the menorah, 
which is going to happen in all generations, which is unlike what the other tribes did because they brought sacrifices for this Mishkan, the tabernacle, only in this generation. But there's a question, but it's not true that um, the menorah will be lit in all generations because when the base of Mikdash does not stand, there's no menorah. So the sages were alluding to the lights of the Hanukkah, sorry, of the, the, the lights of Hanukkah, which are lit even after the destruction of the temple. So we know that we we light the we light candles for eight days because of the miracle of the oil, which lasted for eight days. But the base Yosef, which is the author um, of the Shulchan Aruch, asks a very famous question. He says, "The miracle was." That the oil was supposed to only last for one day, yet it landed up lasting for eight days. So that means that only seven days were miraculous days, out of the ordinary, beyond nature kind of days. So Hanukkah should only be celebrated for seven days, not for eight days. The first day, the oil would have burnt anyway. And there's lots and lots and lots of different answers to this question, but um, we're just going to go through four. So the first one is that the, um, when they discovered the jar of oil, they divided that jar up into eight parts to last for eight days, which they needed to produce more oil. And that small amount that they divided up for each day burnt even for the whole day on the first day. So the first day was also a miracle. Um, another answer is that the fact that they found any oil at all that was not uh, contaminated by the Greeks itself was a miracle. So the fact that they found it in the first day was a miracle. Now, I think this is a great answer, this one here. It says, the Greeks sought to convince Israel that God does not actively involve himself with this world, but rather allows it to follow natural order. So many Jews were convinced that that was the correct understanding. However, when they witnessed the unnatural miracle of the oil, they understood that all that happens is dependent upon God. And that even when the world is functioning in accordance with natural law, meaning when it looks like just the laws of physics, it's only because of Hashem's will. So that means that the fact that oil burns at all, the fact that there's fire, the fact that there's chemistry, the fact that there's physics, that is, in itself is a miracle and is something to celebrate. Um, so it says over here that, the, that the, through the miracle of the oil, they came to understand that everything that happens, even the natural capacity of oil to burn, is in itself a miracle. And for a take-home message for us, the very the, the last thing here is the very fact that the Jews did not lose hope of lighting the menorah on the first day after they had chased the Greeks out and had cleaned the temple up, knowing that they had no oil for tomorrow and they couldn't fulfill the Torah's commandment to light a perpetual light, is in itself a great miracle. Meaning the miracle that the Jews still had hope after everything. The miracle which enables the people of Israel to endure through all generations and every exile. Um, had the Jewish people always tried to work out what the future had in store for them, they would have lost. Sin they would have long since have lost the capacity to survive and to hope. But the Jewish, the people of Israel, have always placed their trust in God, and they have rejoiced. They have rejoiced. They have been happy whenever they were given the opportunity to fulfill His will and abide by His word.